You guys, I really... We're off to a great start this no, year. I've been no, not coughing at all in like... It's only when I'm on stage this I think weekend. it's only when you use the cough drops, bud. I'm noticing a theme here. I got my water. I got my Stephanie. Talk about lunch. <laughs> right. Are you dying? Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Schaefer, and I'm joined here with our friend Elena Kunkel, who just jumped in for Justin Party, who had a pretty sad coughing fit at the start of the show, so we we kicked him out. Yeah, yeah. did you see, uh, have you guys seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Yes. Oh, yeah. Boy, oh, my gosh. I. Remember, uh, I watched it on the plane. That's why oh, okay. I just watched it. But do you remember the Safe Ferris? We yes. got to start something called oh, Save oh, yeah. Justin. Save Justin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you want to send cough drops, <laughs> um, cough syrup, inhalers our way, um, he'll yeah. take them. Yeah, so maybe not the cough drops though. Yeah, I, I think see, that might I think be it the was culprit. the cough drops that yeah. were the problem. Maybe he should go surfing. Oh, okay. you want to take him out? Is that in the a ocean? Yeah. Well, for those of you watching on um, on video, just in case water pours out of my nose, <laughs> surf is epic this week. And uh, I was sharing earlier uh, before Justin almost died that uh, when Kennedy was in fifth grade, uh, we went to a mommy daddy uh, dance and we were all dressed up and she had her like formal on and she was so cute and we had to sign in and I had surfed that morning and as I bent over to sign our names and water poured out of my nose oh, onto gosh. the paper and the, I'll never forget these two women looking at me like I was patient zero. <laughs> they were just like, oh. I'm like, it's just surf water. So surprise. It's like so anyways, neti pot. Yeah, so it's, it's not, it's, I don't have a cold. It's not, it's not a, uh, a fluid booger. It's just ocean water. Maybe you wow. shouldn't really wax so much then maybe it'll yeah, keep just, some of the water no out. you have okay. to at my age you have to wax okay. <laughs> okay. yeah i'm also for those watching on video i was waxed this weekend so ears are clean nostrils are open so yeah i am to ready to you. take in the fresh air of riverside that's right so not only do we bring you real answers to tough questions in the bible but we make sure that pastor matt's personal grooming is on point yeah every my wife week. appreciates that so yeah well here at sandals church we actually wrapped <clears> up 2017 <throat> with a campaign to try to raise an additional five hundred thousand dollars over our year-end budget, and we are super excited. Pastor Matt, you got to announce some really great news in service this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you, we uh, raised actually an additional million dollars in December. So that's fantastic. Yeah, Wish we are I super excited. I know. I can't you whistle. You can't whistle? No. Oh, I can do like a regular whistle, but like not the like, woo, like yeah. with a yeah, dad whistle. Woo is not whistling. <laughs> I know. Well, so It's incredible though. <laughs> yeah, I would whistle, but that would blow up people's eardrums. I believe that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And also, if you have noticed the episode number on this episode, we're at episode 94 of The Debrief, which means we are closing in on episode 100, which if you've listened along for a while, you know that for episode 50, we threw a really huge live episode party. We're going to do that again for episode 100. And since it is bigger, that party is going to be bigger too. We've got some really great stuff in store where we were going to record a live episode and we want you to be there. So save the date for Monday, February 26th. We're going to be giving you some more details and episodes that are coming up and on our social media so that you can find out how to be a part of that, where it's happening, because it's really, really cool. We just clicked it this week and I'm so excited. I don't know where it's happening. Oh, well, you is it a secret? It's, just it's not a secret, but we're going to announce that yeah. next week. we got to build some anticipation. So if mm. you want to know, make sure to keep tuning into the debrief. Keep following us on social <clears> media. <throat> we're going to have a lot of fun for episode 100. So stay tuned for that. But for now, let's go ahead and jump into some real answers to tough questions mm. from your sermon. Now, Pastor Matt, you kick, we're kicking off 2018 with our fit series, which we've done before. But this year, we kind of have a different theme on it, which is all about finding a better fit. Can you kind of explain what it means to find a better fit? In yeah, it's, it's you know, as you change who you are, what you need to do is change what you do. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is you, you, can't, you can't change yourself if you don't change behaviors, if you don't change, you know, 
like what you're doing with your life. And so I think that's the madness of modern society is everybody wants everything to change, but they're not willing to change anything. And so mm. one of the best ways to change your life is through community. And that's being a part of a larger community, a larger context outside of what you know, what you've experienced, what you've learned. And that's the beauty of the church is the church is open to all people of all ethnic backgrounds, uh, even sexual orientations who want to come and change their life in the name of Christ. And so, um, you know, the doors of the church are wide open for people who want to be saved and follow Jesus. And so we want to do that. And so um, as followers of Jesus, he's called us to serve and love one another. And so we want to do that. Uh, and then at Sandals, obviously we have the vision of being real, which is just talking about, you know, what's going on in our life and being open and honest about that. And so um, I just would encourage you. Um, I challenged a lot of you this weekend to listen to the debrief. Are we going to have any questions today on Claude's sermon? I just listened to his sermon yesterday. Uh, we had one. We can drop back. Yeah. In, so. so it was, well, we don't have to drop it in, but I thought it was a great sermon. I thought he did a great job. I just really appreciated, um, I had never really thought about the fasting simply being the prequel to the temptation, mm. you know, because I, I think all of us think of uh, fasting as kind of the struggle, yeah. but I thought Claude did a great job in pointing out that it was the preparation for the struggle. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was really, really good. And um, I just really appreciated him and, and his message. And I thought it was uh, personally challenging and... Um, you know, it, it's just so amazing. And again, this is why community matters is because we learn things about God. I mean, I've read that text, I don't know how many times, but for some reason I got something out of it that that God spoke to Claude that I don't see on my own. And that's why mm -hmm. you need community. And so people who are saying, well, I don't need to go to church and, and I can just worship God in my own way. That's the, your own way is your problem. Mm -hmm. That is the problem. And so, um, you know, that's why, you know, we need to learn to love and be in, in relationship with others because we experience God's love and who he is through other people. And so I just am really thankful for Claude. And I thought it was, I thought it was a, a very, very profound way to begin the year. And so, oh, and I think it's hilarious that he was going to set a, a Guinness book, book of world <laughs> records and didn't even practice. That just cracked me up. I know, that was pretty funny. <laughs> if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that <clears throat> message, you can find that in all of our other sermons at sandalschurch.com slash watch. We'll also throw a link to Claude's sermon and Pastor Matt's sermon from these first two weeks of the year in the show notes of this episode at debrief.show slash 94. So um, one of the things that you talked about in your message this week and Pastor Matt was the idea of maybe identifying one thing that we need to change. So I was just curious for you, Pastor Matt, do you, have you identified maybe one thing you want to change in 2018? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the biggest thing for me is just being patient when things go wrong. I'm at, the, I'm at the point in my life where I control a lot of things. So I've worked mm -hmm. really, really hard. I've built up a lot of structures, a lot of systems, and, and people tend to do what I ask them to do in my life. So I'm finding that I have a harder time when things don't go right and my... Uh, kids and my wife pointed that out on a vacation. And so at first I was a little defensive. Um, and then I realized, okay, this is this is an area where I need to grow. And I think as you age, you you tend to get into ruts where things are are the same. And that's comforting uh, for many of us, but, but oftentimes God speaks through disruption. And so he brings out things. And so um, like, I'll just give you an example. Uh, how God really spoke to me was through a movie that I did not want to see. Mm -hmm. I did not want to go see The Greatest Showman on Earth. I had no desire to see it, but um, you know, family's not all about what you want. So uh, we missed our flight to Australia. I don't know if you guys heard that. Oh, yes, oh, we did wow. uh, because we did not have our documentation filled out properly. And so we had, Hello. it took 24 hours for us to get our documentation filled out properly. And so we spent a day in Los Angeles. And part of that day we spent going to the movies um, and we went to see The Greatest Showman on Earth. And, and what, I, what God really spoke to me on that was, I was so wrapped up in being frustrated that we missed our flight to Australia. And I really realized during that day that 
one of the things I really wanted to do more than Australia and more than New Zealand was spend time with my family. And mm-hmm. so where is not nearly as important as actually spending time with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so God really spoke to me. And so in that movie, um, The Greatest Showman, he, you know, he, I think, um, you know, we're going to have the real with uh, self workshops or the real workshops coming up. Right. I think that, uh, is it P.T. Barnum? Is that his name? I think the, it's P.T. Barnum. I was a really, think, really yeah. non-resourceful three, <laughs> which <laughs> I tend to be. And we get so wrapped up in success that we miss the beauty of what God's blessed us with. And that yeah. was his wife and kids. And, um, you know, I just love the, I, I love the movie, how his wife comes from wealth and prestige and doesn't care at all. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care at all about things. Her dream was him and their family. And I just thought, okay, Lord. So here I am mm-hmm. being having a song sung to me by, what's the dude? Oh, what's the young guy's name? Oh man, it's not. Oh yeah, you do. It's it's your age group, or maybe a little, maybe a little. Oh man, we could look it up. I no. haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> He's the little teenage heartthrob. He was just in the movie. Oh, uh, Zac Efron. Zac Efron. Uh, there, yeah, there that's go. a little weird. I don't know why I know that. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. everyone. Teenage yeah. heartthrob, Zac yeah. Efron. We got it. Yeah, yeah. that's a, a little weird when he's singing to me. You know, his love, his love for this 19 year old girl. Yeah. It's just a little weird. So, oh, okay. you know, fair. but welcome to Disney stars. Other than that, it was it was a great movie. And and again, you know, I think God speaks truth to us through wisdom, through truth, and through beauty. And yeah. you know, um, and definitely through scripture. But in life, it's through wisdom, it's through truth, and it's through beauty. And God spoke to me in that. So it really helped me realize, okay, I need to be willing for things to be rattled a little bit in my life so that God can speak. So that's the mm. number one thing. Uh, Cause you, I mean, you used to be my secretary or my yeah. assistant, or I, I don't know what your title was. Uh, I think it was assistant. Assistant. And you know, like, I don't do anything new. Like, no. Like you, you don't say it that way. Like, like it's I do it. Routine. My, wife, routine. my wife is hilarious. Like every day she's like, she's like, what are you going to do today? And I'm like, same thing I do every Tuesday. You know, I'm like the rain man, you know I mean? You know, Judge Wapner at 11. Yeah. Which was great until we needed you to do something different. And then yeah. it took a lot to Yeah. And so um, I, I just kind of got in, in a rut and I do the same things. And part of that's because my, my week builds to a point and then I have to recoup and build again. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I, my job is somewhat cyclical. Sure. Um, but I, I, I kind of get in a rut. You know, I work out at the same place. I eat the same things, you know, um, and my wife could eat something different every day for the rest of her life. I mean, she's just, <laughs> so we're, we're very, very different in that way. So I need to allow disruption. Yeah. So Yeah. And I think in that same vein, I think sometimes getting started really is the hardest part. Um, I know something for me, it's like, Something that I would love to just hear your perspective on is how do we how do we begin to break free of something that is that is a deeper struggle in our lives in order to start? I mean, it's really like you just said, it's really hard to break routine. Yeah, and or I, even start routine. I think for or some even people, start routine. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think that the begin, you know, I think we don't start because we don't admit that there's a problem, and so that's sure. why I think you know AA, um, you know, and all these organizations are so successful because if you're an alcoholic, we begin the meeting with, "Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic." And, and and there's just there's just this open acceptance of look we all have a struggle and it's terrible that we don't begin church with hi I'm I'm Matt Brown and I'm a sinner hmm. because that's the reality of of who I am and and the struggle that's happening within me so I need to be honest so I don't start because I'm not honest about the problem and so um, you know I mean we we can make all kinds of excuses for ourselves about our weight about our health and and here's the sad part is you can abuse yourself for a long time and your body your, our bodies are resilient. Mm-hmm. Until they're not, yeah. And then all of a sudden, right? You know, every one thing goes bad. It's like your car. Your car just goes and goes and goes and goes, and then it gets to a point where everything like mm-hmm. is falling off and falling apart. And the problem is, if we abuse our bodies and we don't take care of them, at some point, man, it, everything everything just goes wrong, and we go, "Why God?" 
So mm. I, I think that we need to admit, okay, I've got a problem. I need to, I need to make some substantial changes. And the reason we don't want to start, like I said, is because being a beginner sucks. <laughs> it, it, you know, like I, I, you know, have you guys ever been to Europe and had to drive on the other side of the road? No, I've never no, had to drive. No, never got a car. Always did oh, public transportation. Right. And okay, so I've done the same thing and it's not stressful at all because the person driving you when, when they're driving, that's what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, man. And so here's the thing is, is, you know, I've been driving for 30 years, right? That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> I, I have 30 years of doing things one way to sort of try to change it was horrible, mm-hmm. absolutely horrible. And, and, and it was frustrating and, and it was so hard it's hard to start something new. So what we do is we don't. Mm-hmm. We don't learn a new language. We don't study our Bibles. We don't go to small group. We don't go to church. We don't work out. We don't start eating better, right? We just keep doing those things because starting something new is hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, like one of the physical goals, you know, that I have for this year is to do another Ironman. My friend is turning 65 and he wants me to do an Ironman with him. So I'm going to... You're a very good friend. You are very brave <laughs> and a very good friend. I am. So I thank you. I have not been running and running is one of those things, as is as you age, all things new. Mm-hmm. So when you're young, you can pick up something new pretty quickly. And so here's, here's, the, here's the hilariousness of getting older. If you exercise in a slightly different way, your body will let you know. Um, you know, I surfed for two hours yesterday, loved every minute of it, but felt every minute of it this morning. Yeah. Because when you're surfing, you're putting your body in an awkward position. You know, your head's kind of up and your, your back's twisted. And, you know, I mean, waves do... What they want is funny. My, my son is learning that the best thing to do when the ocean has you is let it have you. Mm-hmm. And he's still Go young. The and, tide. Yeah, he's still young and feels like you can fight it, which makes it worse. And mm. so I was watching him kind of drown. His mother doesn't know that I let him get near death. But I think sometimes drowning is... A better teacher than your dad, so I just kind of sit there. Yeah, yeah. The there we go. Yeah. I think yeah, you could be yeah. the greatest swimmer in the world and not yeah. be able to fight that. I think one of the things that you said in the sermon yesterday was what are the difference between what a child can do and what an adult can do, and you said grow, and I just thought that was so mm-hmm. on point. It's so true. I think we can learn so much from kids and just their willingness to step out and do new things and to change patterns, and um, I just really loved that and felt like it was. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I really, really stuck with me. Yeah, and I think, and again, that's why Jesus says we must come to Him as little children because we we have to grow if mm-hmm. we're if we're going to, you know, um, we're growing into the kingdom of God. We're saved into the kingdom of God by God's grace. We grow into the kingdom of God by our effort. Boom. So tweet yourself. Uh, that, that's why a lot of people, you know, again, it, you know, if you're new to Christianity, you don't have these problems. It's only if you've been a Christian for a long time. People really, really struggle between these two polar ideas, between effort and earning. Mm -hmm. We can never earn our salvation, but we have to have effort to work out our salvation. And so that's the issue. And and, you know, I I had this pastor, had this conversation with a pastor who's struggling with the fact that his church isn't growing. And he said, well, God's in control. And I said, Mm -hmm. yeah, but he put you in charge. Mm -hmm. So you, you you are responsible for the decisions of your life. And that's why I told, you know, I don't know that the illustration hits home, with our community because we're, we're not a coastal community at Sandals Church, but when I said, you're the captain of your own ship, mm-hmm. you're responsible for your life. And, and a lot of people literally fall into this victimhood mentality and they feel like everyone else is in control. And so then we have these silly songs that says, Jesus, take the wheel. And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you do that, you're gonna die. 
Jesus has given you a brain. He's given you his word. He's given you his truth. He wants you to read that and then drive accordingly to his teachings. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you take the wheel. You take responsibility and make some positive choices. And that's why a lot of people give up is because they feel like they have no control. And we don't have control over a lot of things, but we do have control over our choices. Mm-hmm. And that's the primary thing. So if you're frustrated with your life, change your choices. And Ooh. the number one person that helps us do that is Jesus. And, and notice he... He almost never says the same thing to a, a new person. It's almost mm. different. Here's how Jesus says the same thing to every person he encounters. He offers them the choice to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're an adult, if you're an adulterous woman, stop. If you're a rich man, sell. Mm-hmm. If you're coming to a well every day and you're thirsty, drink what I have to offer. Mm-hmm. So what he offers is always the same thing, which is change. How he presents it is always different based upon each individual situation. To Nicodemus the very, very righteous, um, socially good person, he says, you need to be born again. Hmm. You know, and so that's why, um, you know, so much of our language gets gets confusing when we communicate it to people. You know, born again is helpful, but it's also confusing. Jesus doesn't present that to a non-religious person, which always cracks me up. Mm-hmm. It's same with, uh, you know, when, when um, pastors preach the sermon, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone lets me in, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. It's Revelations chapter three. Hmm. That's not a verse to lost people. Mm-hmm actually to a church. Hmm. It's to a bunch of Christians who have gathered together in his name and have pushed him out. Hmm. So um, we, we need to remember that. So, so I, th- I think starting is hard because it's new. And um, you know, the hardest, the hardest part of something new is getting out of bed. Get out of bed, mm-hmm. go do it. Um, you know, I went surfing yesterday. My alarm went off at 5.30. You know, I got to mm-hmm. get up and make coffee. Uh, we, we need a new coffee machine. Ours is... Mm-hmm. Ours has gone the way of the world. <laughs> um, you know, I always love evolutionists who think things are getting better. Think, put Get a French press. Yeah, uh, you can't go wrong with a French press. It's it's just never breaks down. Simple. It's great. I don't, there. I, I don't think I'm that patient. So, <laughs> okay. but maybe. So, anyways, I had to get up early, and I, you know, when you when you wake up in the morning, your bed's so warm, it feels mm-hmm. so good, and it's the same thing with you know your quiet time. And if you don't know what that is, it's a time where you get quiet, you read God's word, and you say the Bible, Scripture, and you say God speak to me. And that's what that is. And man, nobody wants to get out of bed. Well, some people do, but, <laughs> but you know, Ben, just getting out of yeah. bed. And then I was so happy once we got there and mm-hmm. we were just sitting there and I was just like, what a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we started the journey this morning of getting out of bed and out of going. And, um, and here's the amazing thing is, uh, you know, the old saying, the early bird gets the worm, which nobody knows what that means. And there's so many sayings that nobody knows what, where they come from or why we say them. But when we got there at the beach, there was nobody there. And when we left, it was a mile and a half wait to get in to surf. Ooh, oh, good wow. night. A mile and a half. And so for those of you who've gone to Disneyland and you feel like there's a crowd, let me tell you how the <laughs> yeah. beach works. Here's how the beach works. One car gets in when one car leaves. So here's these people. They're, they're probably going to wait three or four hours to get in. Jeez, to Louise. get in, yeah. Huh. But the waves were epic and beautiful. And um, surfers, get out there. And again, how does God speak to us? through beauty. The mm-hmm. ocean is beautiful. The waves are beautiful, man. We were surrounded. I was just sitting there watching a pelican. Pelicans are gigantic animals, <laughs> you know, just sitting next to me, just chilling, you know, and uh, watching, uh, I don't know if, if they were coastal ducks or what they were, but hunting. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. sit and they're diving and man, it was just, and then dolphins were there. And wow. it was just, it was just the whole, the whole day was here? beautiful. Yeah. We're gonna so, go. you know, and then again, the waves were absolutely epic. And, um, I think I caught 21 waves yesterday. Good. Which for those of you who surf, I mean, you can go surfing and catch zero. So I caught 21 waves and every single wave was awesome. I was shredding for an old dude. 
<laughs> I think it's really interesting what you're saying because there is a beauty between the, there's a tension and a beauty between routine and being set in your old in your old ways. Yeah. Um, because I think especially with this fit series, we're really encouraging people to just start. But something that I've learned is if you did start something and you already messed up, it's it's not too late to start and to just show up. Mm-hmm. I think um, we've been getting a lot. Of, we've been getting a lot of people talking about discouragements and just maybe how you know they, they've started it and it's already it's already you know it's only like two weeks into January, um, you know, and they've already messed up. And I just think there's also just a beauty of showing up. And um, mm-hmm. I think you did a really good job of showing like both sides of the routine: routine to not get stuck in your old ways and to learn from you know the minds of children, but also just to show up and. To, to, to break new habits with with um, with new habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let me say this. You can't break, break old, habits. old habits with old community. Ooh. Boom. You can't. So what you have to do is you have to change your community, mm-hmm. which is why Jesus calls us to his community. Nothing's gonna change in your life if you continue to hang out with the same old people who don't inspire you, who don't encourage you. Uh, because the, the reality is, um, like if, if you're in a marriage and you're both overweight and out of shape, it's really, really offensive to one spouse if one starts working. Mm-hmm. It makes one uncomfortable. The same thing is true is if you're in an unhealthy drug-induced relationship yeah. where one says, I'm going to get sober. The other one is, it just create. you have to find a community that's going to encourage you and inspire you. Um, and, and, and then, so that's why, you know, I'm just going to say this, gyms that are smaller and offer community are better. Mm-hmm. They just are. Yeah. LA Fitness, it's impersonal, but- you know, I, I'm stuck in a, 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 a routine workout. I I have spiritual community. I have people that encourage me, and I'm a I'm a pretty self driven person, so I don't need others. Like my wife is a do with others person. Mm-hmm. Like she's never going to go for a run by herself. She's going to go with friends. She's she doesn't like going to the gym. She's she's a you know, I I go to I just you know I just go by myself. Mm-hmm. So we're very very different in that way. But it's helpful to have a community. The problem with uh, exercise communities is they're vain. Mm. That and vanity is a sin. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at me in my bikini and my cute outfit. Well, who cares? You know, I, what what God wants you to be is healthy. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's 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 a good thing to want to be beautiful or fit for your spouse and attractive because attractiveness does matter. It mm-hmm. does. But we don't want to be so consumed with that. But, you know, our society wants us to be uh, sexual. God wants us to be spiritual, and so we have to find. Uh, fitness in a way that is spiritual mm-hmm. and and not sexual. So um, yeah. mm-hmm. because otherwise you're just enhancing your sin. Yeah, yeah. Samuel actually sent in a really interesting question on that. He said it seems like you can be physically well without being mm-hmm. spiritually well, but can you really be spiritually well while ignoring your physical well being? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, to be to be truly spiritual in the Christian sense is to be a steward. I am not my own. My body is not my own. I have been made by God. I have rebelled against God. I have been redeemed and been purchased by a, a great cost. Hmm. I have cost God a lot. I am no longer now my own. I mean, these, 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 are, these are so many scriptures where we are told it's not our life anymore. It's not us. You know, um, slavery has uh, really, really negative connotations as it should in America. It has really positive connotations in scripture. Hmm. A lot of people hmm. don't realize this, but in almost every single um, letter Paul writes, in the original Greek language, he does not say, I, Paul, a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Greek word is doulos or doulos, depending on how you pronounce it. It means slave. Hmm. So, you know, um, especially the NIV, I think, started this. You know, the word slave has such a negative connotation in American history. They, they created a word. The word is bond servant. <laughs> 
So that's not all that helpful because nobody knows that is a slave. Mm -hmm. And we, we enslave ourselves to the master who set us free. That's what's crazy. But until you enslave yourself to the one that sets you free, you will never be free. Yeah. And, 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 and that's the great um, confusion about Christ is, is that we need to do that. And so you need to, to think about your body as not your own um, and, and you need to be healthy and you gotta be really, really careful. So I'm one of those people that can go overboard and become addicted to exercise. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, exercise is a good thing unless it becomes a bad thing. Yeah. And so I have to really, really monitor um, you know, my, my three uh, gets really, really out of control, my need for success and, and to mm-hmm. be the best at everything. And the reality is if I'm the fittest person on earth, I'm probably not the, the husband I need to be. Mm-hmm. If, I'm the, if I exercise the most, I'm not spending time, you know, with my kids. And it's more important that I'm sitting on the bench watching uh, my son, you know, play than it is me playing. Yeah, the, 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 those are the reality, and so um, you got to be really, really careful. And this is why you need to learn to be real with yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest about what is your problem because they're all different. They're you know they're all different. My wife's mm-hmm. never going to be addicted to exercise. It's not going to happen. <laughs> that's just not her. That's just not her vice. It is mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it it is. You know, and I have. You're trying ma- to make it hers, though. She said. You're trying to work out together. I've heard of yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, we need to do things, but it needs to be fun and it needs to be at her pace. It needs yeah. to not be about me. Yeah. So, and I have to, you know, I have to constantly learn to be a cheerleader. Hmm. So, um, no, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you could apply the same physical disciplines to spiritual. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you asked, you know, that, you know, we need routines. We mm-hmm. do. So that's what Claude's point is. God gives us spiritual disciplines to prepare us for. Uh, was it spiritual test? He gives us physical disciplines, prepare for phys- physical tests, spiritual right. tests. Um, sorry, guys, it's not my sermon outline. I'm, try- I'm trying, I'm <laughs> quoting his first point, which I would, by the way, I would encourage you guys to pray about, pray through the points, think about mm-hmm. the points. So many of you feel like the work of God is done when you leave the sermon, man, it just begun. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm, I'm just hounding on, look, if you're not in community group, when you go out to lunch, talk about the sermon and, and go through the questions right there. Mm-hmm. Make that, make spiritual conversation a part of your life. Start that routine. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, you know, we just got back from a vacation. I'm constantly asking my kids, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite day? How did Australia and New Zealand impact you and affect you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we need to talk about it. Otherwise, we just move on and we never process, we never think, and then we never grow. So oh, yeah. make sure that you're, you're doing that. But we need routines. For many of you, you need to go to church every weekend. That needs to become the routine. The problem is you have people in your life who don't want that routine. Mm-hmm. You know, like even parents, oh, my kids hate going to church. Well, the kids hate broccoli. <laughs> but your job as a parent is to teach them to do what they need to do so that one day they can do what they want to do. And that's, that, man, if, if I could say one thing that's just epically wrong with America, it's we do what we want to do and then we get mad because we become slaves. So you, you've got to learn to do what you have to do so that you get to do what you want to do. Yeah. Get, get the work done first so that you can have fun. And the problem is everybody wants to have fun now and nobody wants to work. So hmm. anyways, well, get, I'll get off my bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good That's thing good. the debrief is a weekly Q&A podcast yeah. that you can dedicate your time yeah, to. Yeah, you can have to. your phone auto-subscribe <laughs> yes. to it even so that it pops up on your phone every time a new episode comes out. We are here to help, friends. Boom. So. Um, okay, Pastor Matt. So in the sermon, uh, you walk through the conversation in Mark between Jesus and um, the the rich young man. The conversation starts with the man calling Jesus the good teacher and Jesus asking him why he called him good. Why does Jesus call him out on that? Yeah, so this is a, a major, major point that many of us skip right over. And so the question that Jesus is trying to get to is, 
who am I really to you? Mm. And so a lot of us use flattering language towards Jesus, but we really don't have any faith in Jesus. And that's what he's trying to do. Words are easy. Actually making a change is hard. And so this individual Mm. has the right words, but he's living the wrong life. And so a lot of us talk a good game. We do. We, we, we talk a good game. Um, and, and again, one, one of my concerns with our culture today, and I, ha- I have many of them, and um, I'm praying through a series to address these issues, but it's this, this, this self-righteousness. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. We used to live in a culture where religious people threw stones. Now everybody throws them, mm-hmm. yeah. right? There, there, used, there used to be a time when people said, well, who are you to judge me? Now everybody judges. Mm-hmm. Like everybody loses their, everybody's aghast and offended and overwhelmed by the sins of everybody else. And I'm like, okay, okay, that, that's, a, that's a problem. We need to be overwhelmed by our, our sin. And because we're not overwhelmed by our sin, we lack grace for others. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I follow this pastor online and... Um, you know, he was he was a very, very famous pastor. He failed miserably uh, in his marriage morally. Uh, but he said this tweet this week. He said, everybody loves grace for themselves and wants law for others. Hmm. And he says, Ouch. spend five seconds on social media and you'll find that's true. Oh, like yeah. we love to throw <laughs> stones at people, but we're like so offended when somebody wants to correct us. And so, you know, I noticed that in my kids, you know, my kids are constantly talking about what someone else has done. And it's like, okay, but isn't that what you just did? You know, and, and, you know, the truth is none of us like, you know, being corrected or having the truth spoken into our lives. It's difficult, but the reality is we need people to do that. So Mm. um, don't be self-righteous. And by the way, you don't have to be religious to be self-righteous. You don't. So that's true. All right, so this question came in from Ash in India, actually. Oh, sweet. Um, He says, I've been a Christian for four years now, and I'm actively involved in serving the church. When I became a Christian, I started to see real changes in my life, except in one area. Sadly, I still struggle with porn. I've sought all the help I could receive, but I just can't seem to break free. I hate this sin and desperately want out of it, but after four years of trying, I feel hopeless. I know God loves me and he'll forgive me, but I want a life of victory. Do you have any advice? Yeah, so uh, his name's Ash. Mm -hmm. You know, Ash, porn was a huge part of my life, and I felt... Uh, incredibly defeated by it. And so I just, I, the first thing that, you know, I would encourage you to, to, to do is just to accept the fact that God loves you. Um, you know, sin is a struggle for all of us. Um, here, here's, the, here's the beauty of where you are. You don't agree that what you're doing is okay. Here's when we need to get afraid. We need to be afraid for our soul and our salvation when we begin to say that what the sin that we're doing is not sin. Mm-hmm. That the hmm. Bible says, woe to the person who calls good evil and evil good. When we switch God's moral uh, compass, that's when we're in danger. Hmm. That, that, that's when we've, we've, we've really, really crossed a line that I don't know that you can come back from. Hmm. And so we have to be really, really careful. So give yourself grace. Here's the good news. You're still calling sin, sin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here's, you know, and again, um, you know, th- this is one of the great challenges of modern culture. And, and especially if you're a woman, this would be a, I mean, actually we have two women here today. Yeah, we do. One, and, and I want to talk about this, you know, the difference between culture and vision. So we have a vision, it's at least in America, of women being treated as non-sexual objects. That's the vision, mm-hmm. right? So um, you are both um, humans and people, and you are to be treated as persons. That's the vision. The problem is in our culture every aspect of womanhood is sexualized. From the time that a girl yeah. is eight years old, um, 
we, you want to be aghast at something, be aghast at all the outfits that little girls have to try on. Mm, yeah. You know, um, it, 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 we dress little girls very differently than we dress little boys and we have different expectations for them. And it's, it's, it's awful. And so part of the problem <clears throat> is, is we are all being raised in this culture where we have this vision that women are not sexual objects, but we live in a culture where that's what they are. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, culture eats vision. You can say, and if you don't believe me, uh, the, America, the American Revolution started with these words. We believe all men are created equal. Was that the culture of America? No, not at all in any way, shape, or form. Matter of fact, it was, <laughs> I mean, you know, what they, what, they, what they really meant was all white men who own land are created equal hmm. and endowed by, by God with inalienable rights. So that's what they meant. But- so you have to be really, really careful. Just like you can't say my vision is to be real. If When's the last time you confessed your sin to somebody? Yeah. If you don't confess sin on a regular basis, then you're not being real. That, yeah. That's just that's just the, the reality. So, so Ash, I, I would say this, is you've got to get in community, real community. Mm-hmm. Don't let the devil keep you alone in this. Uh, I know we, we have um, uh, somebody that's on staff with me. Um, I remember one day he told me, he said, Pastor Matt, um, and not everybody who works for me calls me that. Um, but he said, <laughs> I've not looked at porn for six days. Mm. And I gave him a high five. Yeah. Because that was a moral victory. Mm. And you have to understand, for those of you who look down on that, man, look, you, you, you might not be able to um, understand the, the, the draw to looking at images of naked people, but you understand the draw of sugar. You understand the need to smoke a cigarette that you know is, is terrible for you. You, you. you understand many of the negative things that you can't escape um, many men have an insatiable appetite for sex. This is a generalization. Women tend to have an insatiable appetite for emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. My wife can't get enough emotional intimacy. She, she just can't. She's, man, she, she will watch emotional train wrecks of other people <laughs> on TV. <laughs> it's, it's women porn. That's what it is. She just loves it. Now, I'm not saying it's, 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 it's as more... more it's as immoral as, because sexual sin is its own category, but I'm just saying we need to understand and have grace for each other and understand that, okay, I need to come alongside Ash and he's my brother in Christ and I, I need to help him. And, and by the way, 30% of all porn users are women. So men dominate, we're 70%, mm-hmm. but 30%. So that means you know 30% of the women in our church are struggling with pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash, uh, you know, as a man, biologically, most men need an emission uh, uh, every four days. That's, that's kind of the cycle. And we don't do a good job in Christianity talking about that. And so part of that is you need to get in spiritual community where you can deal with that issue. There are some men who can control that. There are some men who have in- incredible abilities to deal with that issue and not, if you have children present, press mute. Um, okay, I gave you a second. All right, there you go. So there are some men who cannot masturbate and, and you know don't have, a, have a, 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 I don't want to use the term, I'm going to use it, wet dream, um, you know, but there are other men who can't. So you have to deal with that, that your body is producing sperm every, I think it's 72 hours, every four days, and that has to come out. So you you have to figure that out. And we, we need to quit making guys feel guilty for, for how that happens. Now, what you do and how that happens is a different story. Um, you know, just like when you eat, there's a difference between eating and gorging yourself. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we have to run from all things that cause that cause us to sin sexually. So Ash, God gives you grace. He made you, he is a man, right? I assume, I'm assuming. So. We're assuming. I would so be bummed 
I don't have an emission every four days. Um, oh. I apologize. So not that all. Word. Yeah. So I'm assuming, uh, feel free to email Stephanie if we're incorrect here. Um, but we, you know, ladies, we need to have grace for young men uh, who are experiencing this. And this is why if you have young boys who enter puberty, you need to have these conversations and not shame them about this new desire that comes out of nowhere that they don't understand that they didn't have before they hit puberty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we need to talk to them. Uh, about this. So, um, Ash, you know, as a single man, um, you know, I'm assuming, I I don't know if he's married, marriage does help. It doesn't solve it. It doesn't solve it. And so again, if you're single, um, you know, there's multiple issues and we we could do a whole, a whole session on why I think porn is so bad is number one, it's false. It it, it creates, um, it really creates a scenario of sex through a man's eyes (laughs) and Mm. it's not, it is not helpful at all. Um, you know, um, you know, if you want to know what, how women think, read romance novels. It's just very, very different. And that's not all women. And that's not to say that, that that's true in everything. But, um, you know, it's just not real. Uh, it's not right and it's not true. And you have a director telling them to do those things. And um, it's really, really, I think, dehumanizing to women. It just is. It objectifies yeah. them and it makes them tools for your relief. And that's not what you should be doing. Um, but you should be aspired to have real intimacy and real connection. And pornography is actually a barrier to that. And um, so um, the first thing that helped me in my issue with porn was actually believing it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I, you, you have to come to that point where you agree with God. Okay, yeah. this is wrong. Um, so the, the actual word for sexual sin in the Greek language is pornea, mm-hmm. which is where we get our word pornography. So um, it, 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 it is sexual sin. And so, you know, um, you, you've got to get away from that. So, you know, what I did when I was trying to uh, conquer my issues with porn is I reached out to community. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've told guys that have been in my calendar group, the second you feel yourself tempted, give me a call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, for instance, let's say Tammy and I are apart for a, a period of time, which means we're not having sex because we're apart. I will set up and, and, and guys, you know, Pastor Dan Zimbardi, uh, you know, um, Dex Alexander, Dan Crowley, I'll let them know. I'll say, hey guys, I'm on my own. I want, I want to have you check in with me about what I'm watching, what I'm doing, what's happening in my life. Um, because even though I'm a pastor, even though I'm in my 40s, there's still an opportunity for me to, you know, and, and let me just say this, gals, as, as a father of a son, it breaks my heart that he can be looking up Star Wars stuff Mm. And, it, and it comes yeah, up yeah. And, 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 and you just need to know, you know, our men are being fished for on the internet as are young girls and, oh, and women sure. who are ad- addicted towards this. It's not fair. Oh yeah. The difference yeah. between the explore tab on Tyler's Instagram and mine is. Oh yeah. Vastly different. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it breaks my heart. And so um, we just have to be really, really careful when I was a young man, you know, you had to work really hard to find pornography. Like I, I joke, you had to find a creepy dad, you know, <laughs> that had it in his back room or whatever, or you stole it or you found it, or, you know, you, you paid some creeper at Seven Eleven to buy it for you. I mean, you know, it just, it was really, really difficult. Now it's accidental, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you, you find it. And God has designed men to be physically attracted, to be physically drawn to the way a woman looks. But that can't be the only reason that we're drawn. And so that's part of the, the natural aspect of who we are. God is also inter- interested in the supernatural aspect of who we are. Mm-hmm. So we are both created in God's image and in animals' images. Yeah, We're both. We, 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 are, we, 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 we are in creation, but we are separate from creation because we're the only species that is created in the image of God. But we're also 
related to all of these animals. And so uh, sexual desire is very animalistic. And so um, I need to look this prayer up, but there's actually a Jewish prayer that you're taught to pray when you're a little kid, uh, thanking God when you poop. Oh, yeah. And we don't do it in Christianity, which we should, because (laughs) have you ever not been able to poop? It's horrible. Like you guys are both Not totally gonna, embarrassed. Yeah, I feel yeah. like par- I feel like right now do yeah. party PRD. would have something to say. Yeah. Absolutely would. Um, I could pretend. We can try to splice yeah. that in later. <laughs> yeah. But 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 what they thank God is for what comes out, <laughs> and what 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 they really mean is the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is really for relief. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it's come out, that's and great. so um, part of what we need to thank God for as men is 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 relief. So we have this thing that's inside of us, and. And it needs to come out. And and again, there, there's a lot of pastors who who with what I just said, they think is heinous and awful and evil. And I, I just think mm. they're I think they're not being honest with how God has designed us. Yeah. So so feel free to attend another church. Pastors <laughs> out there who love to throw stones. Oh, you're both laughing. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, this well, is getting deleted we're from the yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's really commendable, though, <laughs> Ash, because um, you know, John. You know, we try to because secrets really do. Um, they harbor oh. just a lot of. You can't you can't have a marriage if you have especially this big of a secret. And so um, we've gotten in a really good rhythm where we're really honest about about those things. Um, but just something that I wanted to add before we move on: people who aren't Christians even don't want to do this. So there's a group on Reddit, um, reddit.com, which there, people go there for memes, probably all that kind of stuff, but where men are actually, it's making them depressed. Mm. When they watch porn, it's making them depressed. So mm. I just think it's really commendable that, you know, that you're saying this and yeah. 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 And not going under Annie Moss. So thank you. So yeah, get, get in community and get, mm-hmm. get in a community with people who give you grace, but also hold you accountable. So like, for example, I remember the first time I confessed that I looked at, at porn, uh, my spiritual leader said, you sinned, mm-hmm. but I love you mm-hmm. and I forgive you. Yeah. And man, you know, his words were real. They were hard to hear, but they helped. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. To, you need to not be in community where people make excuses for your sin. You need to be in community with people who help you find forgiveness for your sin. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's very different uh, than you know, what the world offers. And so we need to be able to look each other in the face and say, this is what I did. I'm sorry that what I did was wrong. And, you know, people always say, well, why is it harder to confess um, to a a brother or sister in Christ than it is to God? It's because you have to look them in the face, which is why God asks us to do it. Mm -hmm. When you confess your sin, you feel the weight of it. Like if Mm -hmm. I look at something I'm not supposed to look at and I confess it to my wife, I have to see it in her face. I see the pain, I see the hurt, I see the heartache. I, I, I see what it does to her. And it gives me just a small picture of what sin does. Because what I don't see, Ash, is what it does to me. Yeah, I, I, I feel a small portion of it. It's just like when you have cancer. A lot of people say, well, I felt fine, mm-hmm. but you're not. Mm-hmm. And that's what sin does. We say, oh, I feel fine. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me, mm-hmm. but it does. Yeah. Yeah. It's destroying you. Mm-hmm. So Ash, you know, we love you. We're praying for you. Um, you know, part of spiritual health is being sexually healthy. And so, uh, and again, I want to encourage you, especially, you know, you don't want to you don't want to get in a relationship because here's what happens when when we're addicted to porn and we bring somebody else into it. You know, it's it's like couples who are having marriage problems. They say, well, you know what will help us is adopting. <laughs> no, the first thing you need to do or have a baby is you need to create a healthy home and then bring the child into that. And the same thing is true is if you're struggling with uh, a, a sexual issue, the last thing you need to do is involve someone else in it. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. So because wherever you go, there you are. Amen. A wise person <laughs> yeah. once said that. Yeah, that was a great point. I heard this weekend. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, we have another question coming from Savannah. Um, she she asked this question to you, Pastor Matt. As I go back to school and work after the holidays, I find myself becoming more anxious about the amount of work there is to do. Man, I feel you, Savannah. Especially after having an easy break from it all over Christmas. What are some practical ways we can cast our cares on the Lord under new pressures? Yeah, Savannah, I'm a fellow sufferer. I've, I literally have woken up the last, well, today's Tuesday. So I woke up Sunday or Monday morning and today with deep anxiety about having to preach, mm-hmm. deep anxiety. And so I think that um, all of us struggle with being anxious uh, about the load of work that we have. And again, this is why uh, the Sabbath principle is so important. Six days you shall work, one day you shall rest and, and give to the Lord. And the problem is most of us on our Sabbath day, what we do is we catch up on the work that we're behind mm-hmm. and we don't realize that we're actually sinning. Hmm. Um, so my advice to everyone listening is buy a smaller house with less yard, learn to go to parks that you don't have to mow and you don't have to pull the weeds and enjoy you know, other things that require no work on your part so that you can have a genuine Sabbath. Hmm. Um, a lot of people... Um, you know, say, well, this is relaxing or that's relaxing. And, and the truth is, you know, uh, the Sabbath is really for, for three things. One is for service to the Lord. Two is for worship of the Lord. And three is for sex. Those are the things. Yeah, you can give an amen. You're married. Amen. Those, are the, those are the three things that traditional um, Judaism and Christianity have, have said uh, is those are the things that you are to do on the Sabbath that you can do, um, um, you know, because they're considered labors of love. So you serve the Lord, mm-hmm. you worship the Lord, and you serve and love one another through lovemaking. So um, that's just the, been the tradition. You know, we've had to change that because our society no longer operates according to the principles of Sabbath. A lot of people don't know this, but in the Constitution, the President of the United States has ten days to respond to an act of Congress. Do you know what the one exception is? Mm-hmm. Sundays. Sundays is not counted in our Constitution as an actual day mm-hmm. because it's a day of rest. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So we've we've forgotten, and what does the Bible say? It is a it is it is a day to be observed by you, by your slaves, by your workers, mm-hmm. by your animals. Everyone is to rest. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for those of you who are going to go with us to Israel, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing to be in a major city, Jerusalem, on the Sabbath. It is weird. Mm-hmm. There's no one on the roads. Imagine. There's, I mean, nothing is happening. Everything stops and it's a beautiful thing. And you have to know, you know, one of the reasons that Israel does so well is the principle of Sabbath. You know, they, they have community, they stop, they connect. Um, families play games that are not electronic and it's all been proven that those things do really, really well. Families um, in Israel tend to go to hotels on the Sabbath so that everything is done for them. You know, it's... Um, uh, including me, the pagan who presses the elevator button so they can get to their floor. <laughs> I could get into that habit. Oh, yeah. John, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, we don't have, we don't see the Sabbath anymore. It's interesting when I was in New Zealand, do you know if you if you go somewhere on a holiday, you have to pay 30% tax. The workers are paid more. You pay you pay a tax to go somewhere on a holiday. To go somewhere on a holiday. Oh, wow. So, I, and I think what it does is it, it encourages people to stay at home, be mm-hmm. with family, not go out, and a lot of restaurants and things are closed. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they just tell you, you know, you get your bill. So we went out to Vietnamese food in, in New Zealand. It was delicious. <laughs> and um, so we got our bill and I say it was like 200 uh, New Zealand dollars. 
So I don't know what that is. It's like 85 American bucks. Right now, it's good to be an American. The dollar is very strong. Travel, it's a good time. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, we went. It was not a good time. I almost went broke. Um, but then on top of that, there was like a $33 Kiwi tax. I don't know if that's offensive. New Zealand tax. I don't think Kiwi's offensive. I don't know. I don't know. You never know nowadays. You never know. That's true. All right. So our next question comes in from Brittany who says, I'm working a 12-step program and it emphasizes to only pray that God's will be done. Obviously, God's will will be done regardless of what I pray. So is it okay to pray for specific things? Yeah, of course. Huh. I didn't know that. Um, I I, I think that uh, the prayer actually by Reinhold Niebuhr is to accept the things that we cannot change. And, and, and so, so again, God's will is, 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 I think is different things. Um, there's God's, um, gosh, what episode did we go through this? Um, you know, no, so no, like, we'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah. We'll throw it in the show notes, <laughs> but, but we use the term God's will to describe everything that God does. So, so God's will is that all men would be saved, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Right. That, that's not what it means. The only people that are going to be saved are those who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They shall be saved. But God wills that all men would be saved. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to the earth, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So, but then verse uh, John three nineteen it says, those who have rejected Jesus have already been condemned. So we, we have to understand that. So we want to we want to subject ourselves to the general fact that we're not in charge. That, that, that's the healthiest thing that we can do. We can't control when planes crash and things blow up and things happen and massive disasters. And part, part of... The first commandment, right? So if you want to help your anxiety, run through the 10 commandments and start with number one. And I actually want to do a series on the 10 commandments and how I think you can alleviate so much anxiety. Number one is you're not God and Mm. don't make anything else be God. Mm. That's what it means to submit to God. You're not in control. And this is why everybody's freaking out is because we, we all live under this false pretense that we can control things and we can't. I can't control what people do, what people say. Shoot, I can barely control what I do and what I say. Um, so so I, I think it's submitting to, to God's will. Um, but here's part of the problem. God's will is that you would be set free from the slavery of addiction. Mm-hmm. But you have a part to play in that. There's, mm-hmm. there's not nothing you can do. You can choose to not put yourself in situations where you know that you are drawn to them. So I am drawn to naked women. What does that mean? I do not go to places where they are present. For example, we had a ministry to uh, strippers and strip clubs. How many of those strip clubs did I go to? Do you know? I go zero. 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 Despite what it says on the internet, zero. <laughs> I never don't ever, Google that. <laughs> I never ever went ever once. Why? It's not because I don't believe yeah. that God cares for strippers or God loves people who are stuck in the sex industry and want to get out. I do believe that. That's why we did the ministry. I never participated in it. My job is to flee from things that I know will cause me to sin and to mm-hmm. stumble. Yeah. And so if if you have an addictive personality, you need to do that. Now, again, man, we, we, we're just so bad at being good brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, um, a lot of people struggle with, well, why, why do we, you know, serve grapes during the Lord's Supper and not a little glass of grape juice? A, it's a lot of work. B, we don't serve wine because people struggle with alcohol. And I would never, ever want the communion mm-hmm. to be something that causes them to sin. So we, yeah. we, we, know, we know that people are addicted to alcohol. I, my wife's dad was an alcoholic. And I remember one time I told him a mouthwash didn't have alcohol in it. And I gave him a swig. I'll never forget his eyes. Mm. The second, and he had been sober for like 10 years, maybe longer at the time. And I felt so bad mm. because I, I caused him to stumble. Mm. And, and, and he really wrestled with it. He screwed up his sobriety. 
because of the mouthwash I had handed. So we need to think about that when we have people in our small groups yeah. who are on a diet trying to exercise and we're serving all of these desserts and all of this stuff. I mean, eat that at, at a different time. When they're there, try to be supportive and to be encouraging because part of being a Christian is living not just for yourself, but for those that are around you. Amen. You know, that, that, that's, that's what it means is yeah. don't think just about you. That's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What would you want them to do? So, so to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said something during the sermon where you like the most seasoned Christians are often the ones that keep, you know, their hands back. And you had the analogy of, you know, a new beginner and then there's a newbie who teaches the guy at the gym how to use the machine. Um, I really love that. And I think it was a good reminder because I think oftentimes we just feel, um, we get on our high horse and we forget, um, Mm -hmm. we forget what, what Jesus would really do. So, well, I, I can just tell you, man, um, Man, if this if you ever have this thought, oh, sandals is getting too big. What it means is you're too disconnected. Mm-hmm. You just are. I mean, you're you 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 have you have forsaken the guy you call the good teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sharing with one of our pastors this week. One of my favorite uh, verses is in Mark, um, where it says he saw the great crowds. Mark adds the the adjective great. Mm-hmm. He saw the great crowds and he had compassion on them for they were sheep without a shepherd. I have compassion for the great crowd. That's great that we have a bunch of very, very serious Christians who all want to do nothing but Bible study, who could care less that the world is dying and going to hell. Mm-hmm. I see the great crowd and they are sheep without a shepherd. You know, we were in New Zealand. It's full of sheep. Sheep are remarkably dumb animals. <laughs> and we need to pray about that and think about that. They're helpless. They were born with Velcro. That's their defense mechanism. <laughs> They're the easiest animal to grab <clears throat> on earth, right? That's true. I mean... They, <laughs> They're stupid, they're smelly, they're gross. I mean, that's what God calls us. And yet he is our shepherd that protects us and we are helpless without him. And so we, we just need to remember that. And it's mm-hmm. just so easy to be self-righteous. It's just so easy to become consumed with yourself. And remember, that's what Jesus came to save you from is yourself, mm-hmm. yourself. The beginning of heaven is the end of you. That's what mm-hmm. it means. And so you have to work through every day how do I die to myself? How do I die to myself? How do I die to myself? And if you're not thinking about that, you're not thinking about Jesus mm. because um, yes, he loves you. And because he loves you, he wants to change you. You know, mm. a, a loving parent doesn't leave a child filthy and soiled in their poo. A loving parent helps clean them and provide for them. And, uh, you know, part of, I, I had to give my dog a bath <laughs> because we'd been gone three weeks. We have a mastiff. She's like 145 pounds. She's, oh, I love those she dogs. would love to be filthy. <laughs> she would love to be filthy. And there's a part of her, you know, she's torn because there's a part of her, she's an animal, mm-hmm. but she's a domesticated animal. And the truth is she wants to be in our home. She mm-hmm. wants to be with us. She wants to cuddle and we want that, but she needs to be washed. Mm-hmm. And when I wash her, she looks at me like I am torturing her. Like <laughs> absolutely, like I like she just has this look like, I cannot believe that my master is treating me this way. It is so, <laughs> she, she has the look of death when I wash her face and she snorts and acts like she can't breathe and it's, it's horrible. <laughs> but the reality is the blessings of that scrub down is she gets to be with us in our home mm. and she wants to be, she's a little princess, a little oh, 140 yeah. pound princess that wants to be in our home and in our laps and in oh, our right. presence. And, and, <laughs> and that's part of the problem is, yeah, God wants you in heaven, but he's got to clean you up yeah. and you got to let him. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's a difficult process, and it's not one that any of us appreciate. Hmm. Yeah, but we will smell better. <laughs> I look forward to that. 
Well, thank you guys so much for listening in this week. We are going to have all kinds of notes and resources in the show notes for this episode at debrief.show slash 94. And what's really fun today is we actually have Elena who runs a lot of our social media. So you want to tell them how to connect with us? Hey guys. Yeah, I would love it. You guys can follow us at the debrief show everywhere. Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you can send messages on Facebook. I would love to connect with you there. Yeah. And if you want to support Sandal Church and the debrief as we enter into this new year, we've got even more stuff in store. We left off 2017 at a great note, and we've got a lot of stuff we want to do in 2018. So if you want to be a part of that, you can always text Give Debrief to 951-900-4120, and that's a great way to give specifically to the debrief. If you want to learn more about just giving at Sandals Church in general, you can always check out sandalschurch.com slash give. We hope you guys have a great week. Love you. Bye, guys.